Hi, everybody. This is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are Sober Sisters Talk. It's Friday evening in August here in Houston, and it is hot, hot, hot. A little warm. I'm sorry. It is like, um, I think, over 100. So we're sitting here talking, and we are going to do our regular podcast. We're recording. And um, Sober Sisters Talk is a podcast designed to sort of um, take the re- the listener along our walk as we uh, practice multiple programs and stay sober in um, these pro in these programs. We want to share with you our experience, strength, and hope. And I just turned the fan on, so you may hear in the recording a little bit of a hum. You'll be fine. And there's a kitty here, and it might it might, might meow a little bit. Yes. So it's a little interactive, Sober Sisters Talk, and <laughs> we're okay. And uh, what Elizabeth and I were talking about a little bit before we started were, you know, we always like to do a little check-in about what's going on in our lives and program and in life. And, you know, for me, it's about... Um, you know, I feel like I'm really, really, I feel like I have a lot of strength around my recovery, and I feel like I have, like, a really strong foundation of it, and, but at the same time, there are sometimes challenges that arise, and for me, the challenge that is up right now is just about, you know, being in contact with an old qualifier, and for me, it's like I have to get back to basics, and so I thought that that's what we could talk about today. And Elizabeth talked about someone that reached out to her to like re-sponsor her, to reignite a sponsor-sponsee relationship. And she had a whole list of things that that person, that she suggested that person do. So tell me the list, Elizabeth. What did you suggest to her? Well, there was some written work, um, what she wanted, you know, the type of relief she was looking for. Um, that we had to meet regularly and she had to do the step work and she had to go to meetings. Pretty simple stuff. Pretty simple stuff. Right. What we, I think, all do and program. Yeah. What I've noticed, though, too, around, because there are a few of these um, people in my life that um, like to stay on the peripheral of program they don't want to dive into the middle they want to stay on the outside half measure and um, mm -hmm. Um, and they're not finishing the work and then they don't sponsor and stay connected to program Um, they might have one or two friends or something like that and they'll like use that when they're when they're desperate but they're not staying connected to program and I shared with this particular one that I said here's the thing what I what really helped me when I came in and I did this dance like I did this like I came in and then I went to one or two meetings and then was gone for a year Mm -hmm. and then came back and even then it was like you know um but I remember early on being in a meeting it was the Monday night meeting And there was women in there that had a lot of time. At least five women I've seen do this. And I could name them, but I won't. Um, So they have a lot of time, a lot of time in the program. And they disappear. And then they come back. And they're like, I go 
got married and then I I cheated on my husband and he wants to divorce me and I don't know what to do. And that it was that story. Like I got sober, I got in a relationship, I cheated, I don't know what to do. Over and over again. And what it did for me, MG, is it made me go like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Because I I mean, I'm like mocking the crying but the pain is like right. it's real right. Right, and right, I could right. see it I could feel it and I remember just like sitting there thinking like what in the fuck why would you stop well I think it's like those people that take lithium or those bipolar medication you start taking the medicine you start working the steps feel you, better you start feeling better and then it's just like with anything, we just like rest on our laurels or we just, you know, get relief and we just go on about our day. We think we're cured. We think we're cured. And I think that that's the mistake. Do you feel, because I feel okay, like. Okay, but why, here's the thing, like why, why do I, can I sit there and go like, I don't want to like ever think I'm cured because there, you know, I don't, I'm not in danger of acting out right now today I don't feel like that but and you had mentioned when we were talking about this that you were thinking about your qualifier like not fantasizing about sex with him or you know touching or anything like that but just and I too have had thoughts about mine in the past couple of days and I think what happens is is that it's my reminder if I don't stay connected when I feel Recovered. When I feel good, that's what's going to happen to me. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I think that's what happens for me when these, this type of situation comes into my peripheral, when it lands in my lap. Right. Well, I think it is a good reminder, and I feel like I've gone back to basics in terms of like one of the one of the things is like first of all, no fantasy. But the second thing is that if you're thinking about something for longer than three seconds, that's like a warning sign to stop thinking about it. And so I notice my thoughts. I'm very, very clear about what it is that I'm thinking. I'm really good about being able to shift my thoughts. And, you know, I have like a issue around the CPA that I work with and we had an extension. And so she emailed me yesterday and I'm like, oh my God, it's starting again. But the email was like, there was a, she was throwing a little bit of shade, you know. I don't know why I always get reports this way, and I was like, oh, I made a mistake, you know. What can I tell you? And uh, and so I just immediately started tapping, you know. I was like, okay, because this woman stresses me out, and I know that there's a real clear thing that I can do, an action I can take that gets me into solution versus staying in the problem, like getting fearful or getting right. full of anxiety. And I just just tapping, and my tapping, I was just saying, I can do this. I can do this. This is no big deal. I can do this. And I would, she had like six questions, and so I would answer a question, and then I would tap. And I would answer a question, and I would tap. Because I was just like, I've noticed myself getting like worked up a little bit. And that was the thing around my qualifier. It's like, I noticed the thought that I'm thinking about this person and I was like thinking about why I was thinking about this person. And it's normal for me because of the situation that I'm in. But I was like, 
the tools of SLAA that I learned about being very mindful of my thoughts, about being you know clear about what I think about, and then you know I can use the tapping around that. And these are not twelve step things per se. This you know thoughts. And I don't know if they mentioned thoughts in in the basic text of SLAA where they talk about. Your, they, I don't know if they do either, but it doesn't matter. And I think that, I, you know, I love that there's other things that we can do. Well, that's what this podcast is about. We're about it like is. recovery. It's not necessarily right. just about 12 steps. And, and everything that we suggest is not in the book. It's not in the text. However, you know, the, and the tapping, I had to get clear first. I had to get a lot of recovery and some time and soberness under my belt. But tapping does work. And you, you know that I practice a program around controlling my thoughts and being intentional about what I think about. And that works as well. And I do suggest to my sponsees and people that I work with and even just people that I support that you um, be mindful of what you're doing inside your head. And I never really understood the impact of the three second rule until recently I started realizing that I do it with food. So if I've eaten dinner and it's, you know, nine o'clock and I'm getting ready to, you know, just watch TV and go to bed and I don't really have anything in front of me. If I think about eating something, let's just say toast, I'm going to make some toast. And then I allow, and then I go like, no, I don't really want to eat toast. I'm not hungry. Wow. And then I go back to a toast really like making the toast I like the ritual of the toast and if I allow myself to stay on toast I'm without even thinking about I'm in the kitchen making toast and eating it when I'm not hungry and it's all because of allowing myself to languish to linger in the thought and it's powerful and that's one of the reasons why like I think that that three second rule is so powerful don't you know, if he comes into my mind, no, I don't want to think about that and have a replacement. I think of it like a crack in a door. The door has come ajar just a little bit. And my addict is out there doing one-arm push-ups. She's strong. She will take over the show. And so it's like if I give a quarter, I give a mile. You so better go shut that fucking door. I go shut that door. Stop it. And I'll yeah. say that to myself. Stop it. Yeah, I have to like shock myself out of it too. Knock it off. Right. And one of the things that I did last night when I realized, you know, something was happening that, you know, related to my qualifier, I didn't go talk to any of the people there at this fundraiser that I'm doing that knew me and knew him and knew the situation. I I didn't want to give it any power with anybody. I didn't call for support around it. And this is like, this is like a, a next level recovery. Right. This I, isn't, if you're in withdrawal, no. No. We don't recommend no, no, this. No, I don't recommend this. But it's like, I don't want to give any thought. We're laughing at the kitty. I don't want to give any, any thought or any um, space or allowance or any of that. I just, you know, like I love that. Calm the fuck down. That's one of the things that I've, I say to myself a lot. Just calm the fuck down. I don't want to, you know... Um, exacerbate the situation right. it's sort of like a mosquito power. bite a mosquito bite don't get the fork out and scratch your leg up and scar <laughs> you were like you never did that <laughs> no that's a really bad idea <laughs> 
know. <laughs> Put some calming, soothing gel on it, bandage it, if you will, you know, and leave it be. Let it have its deal. Elizabeth It'll just stop. made the most horrifying face. It was hilarious. It stopped me. Hurt me. Hurt me, yeah. So, you know, getting back to basics for me was about monitoring my thoughts, which I really had to do and learn when I was first getting sober. And then, you know, I'm going to go to a meeting tomorrow. I haven't been able to get to a meeting this week because I've been in rehearsal. And, uh, you know, and I do have my, um, you know, things that I do around like my, what I call top line behaviors. When Instead of thinking about my bottom line behaviors now, I think about my top line behaviors. One of the things that I do is that I really get my sleep. I give myself eight to nine, ten hours. And, if, and, and you know, when I slept like ten hours... Not last night, the night before, because it's been a stressful week. I've been working, I've been rehearsing, it's been like a lot. And I try not to shame myself about it. There is like a little bit of a shame that comes up where it's like, God, you slept 10 hours. And that's my mama's voice. She would always, she was a person that needed like four to six hours of sleep every day. She could never ever understand why I needed so much sleep. And I do. And so I try to like, you know, shut up, mama. I'm fine. I needed that sleep. I've been working hard. I'm, I'm okay. So getting my sleep, first top line behavior. And the second thing is taking my vitamins. And I hate taking these things. They're horse pills. They're huge. And, you know, I have some medication I have to take. And I need to take those things every day. And I can tell how they help me to increase my mood, make me feel better, it's just it's just a top line behavior, and I hate doing it. I have to choke it down. I can't stand it, but I do that. And then the third thing that I do is I try to do some sort of relaxation every day, whether that means watching TV or reading a book or playing a game, playing a video game. It's like, and sometimes I do all three of those, you know. And it's so important for me to have those times to rest and relax and to kind of de-stress and not think about anything. Because that helps me to change my mindset, change my mood. So, you know, getting back to basics, what is it that I need to feel better about myself today? And not getting re-engaged back into those old behaviors. And I also think that there was something, and maybe it was Ava, I can't remember who we were talking about, about like brain grooves. How our brain, when we are addicts, it you know we develop these grooves, like these patterns. Like you're talking They're about thought the food. patterns, yes. Like the food, right? The food you let pattern. it, you let it stay in that groove. And if we, and if I don't, I'll stick with those statements. And if I don't pull myself out of that default, then I'm off to the races. So that's another reason why I think it's important to create those new thought patterns and to think different thoughts. And that's why, like, watching TV or doing something like that helps me to shift my mental focus from whatever it is I'm doing. Oh, and, and then going to meetings. You know, I have a regular meeting that I go to every week, and I like to go to that. So I'm planning on going that to that tomorrow. So I, I think that those are sort of like my basics. Uh, praying is just like one thing that I always forget about, and it's so powerful for me. When I can turn it over and I can say, God, please help me with this, it just, you know, it lessens it. Well, my stuff is I have to go to meetings. I have to be connected. And, um, you know, I, I have two, I go to two meetings a week and that is my, that's, that's what I can fit in and that is my, my norm. 
I suppose if I um, actually ever meet someone and actually start dating them, I'll have to increase that. But for right now, two meetings a week. And I try really hard not to not to miss. And then I have to... Um, I have to do my work every morning, journaling and meditating and spending that time by myself. Um, journaling is sort of like my form of prayer, mm-hmm. and it really helps me to um, be focused and to be have that have my my mindset on a on who I really am and not the old me. Well, and that helps you get into a fit spiritual condition, right? So that you can walk out the door, and I feel like everything is possible if I'm in a fit spiritual condition. I can handle CPAs. I can handle ex-qualifiers. I can handle the stresses of 100-degree heat in Houston, Texas. You know, I ran a red light on the way home, and I was like, oh, my God. And I realized I'd just gotten in my car. I was like, so hot. I was like, <laughs> I'm like thinking, could I tell that to the cop? I'm like, I'm so hot. I just couldn't stop. <laughs> Like fuck it, I'm going through. Oh my you god! Know? It's you know, it's so hot. It's so hot, Mr. Officer. I had to continue going. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't get stopped. But you know, that's what we call life on life's terms. Is that these things are going to come into our lives, and and that's why for me, and one of the reasons why I came back to Houston versus where I was living before. Because there is such a strong recovery community here, because I have attachments here with people who love me, and to get reconnected, to have that really strong support group was really, really key for me. And being able to go to these meetings and mentor women, that's another thing that I do. That's part you've of gotta, my... You've got to be talking to people. you got to, yeah. you know, um, I don't remember who used to say it. Maybe it was Ava, but you got to have one hand here and one here. You have to be helping someone else along and then getting help yourself reaching for help so important and we talked about asking for help you know last year i mean last week you know the other thing that came up when you were sharing was the um looking for the similarities you know i um i go to a meeting and it the dynamic of that meeting has changed the the people that go and the dominance of it and um there's been several group consciences and they are you know making changes with the the way the preamble and blah 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 but you know what it it would be really easy for me to say like i'm not going to go to that meeting anymore that's not my meeting anymore and do something else but i need that meeting and it doesn't matter that there's still people there that are working a program and that are looking for the recovery you know or sharing their recovery and either way it's you know I need a meeting and yeah. so that is you know I'm gonna stay and I'm not gonna go you know run away I could find something wrong with every meeting with every <laughs> you know yeah right well like you were just talking you know earlier about when when uh, people give us objections to our uh, suggestions And they say, oh, no, I can't do that, or oh, no, I can't do this. And I'm like, okay, you know, and when you suggest, because I did that as well. I had a a sponsee that had a major slip, and I was so wrecked by it. And I know that you counseled me around it. We talked about the whole situation, and I recommended to this person, you know, 30 meetings in 30 days. 
And they were like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. And I even opened it up. I'm like, look, it can be, you know, because this person was interested in other, other 12. I said, it could be anything. I said, you know, just 12 meetings, you know, 30 meetings, 30 days. And they were like, oh, no, I don't know if I can do that. I'm like, okay. And then they started with a new sponsor, and that sponsor was like, okay, first things first, before I work with you, you've got to do 90 meetings in 90 days. And they were like, what? <laughs> I should have done the 30. <laughs> right, I should have taken the 30 when I had it, you know? And uh, so I, I hear that there are objections. You know, you've encouraged me to date, and I have such objections around that as well. And I, so at the beach retreat that I'm going to in September, I'm really going to have that as my focus. Like, what is my objection around that? Why don't I want to, uh, to date? Mm-hmm. And, and to really get some more clarity about it because there's a part of me that feels like, and I'm going to use air quotes, listeners, I should, I should date. And so because my sponsor suggested it. So instead of saying a hard no to you, I'm going to explore it and find out and get more clarity around what it's about and, you know, part of me, I feel like I know what the answer is going to come from it, but I really want to be uh, very thoughtful about it so that I can meet your suggestion with a real clear understanding of why. Uh, and maybe there's something that you haven't thought of. That's right. That's I know right. that that comes up for me around dating is that, you know, when I get help from someone else, um, that I get a different response. And then I would okay, I think that's true, you know, there's some validity to that, so, and I do think that working with others is, like, so key to maintaining my program. Well, and once again, listeners, you know, we're not talking about, like, um, people who are new in the program, like, if you're in, you can't help anybody else, like, you told that story last week about, you know, going to your first AA meeting, and, and it was a 12-step meeting right. on the 12th step, and you were like, I can't help anybody. I, I got nothing. You know, it was a miracle was that way you were too able needy. To, to drag your own ass there. And, and that's what I said row. to them. Yeah. I'm too needy myself. Right. But we're talking for, you know, from our perspective, where we have some sobriety, we have some time, and working with others is key. And I've been encouraging my sponsees that are past the fifth step to like take on new sponsees and you know I can see how it's really helping them in their programs as well because I mean if I even have a shred of a thought about acting out I'm like what am I going to tell my sponsee I can't sponsor you anymore because you know well and you know what the thing is is that you know the big book of AA says that you can't keep it if you don't give it away right and I have just totally found that to be true all of my giving is done from a very selfish standpoint it seems like it's benevolent and like I'm this you know very giving person who will help anybody but that's not true the thing is is that every person I help every every time I take a call every time I I listen every time I go to a meeting when I share I get something out of it sure I get something out of it. Well, and if I'm helping another person, then I'm not thinking about acting out thoughts. Thank God. I'm not running the streets and I'm not doing, you know, running my old racket in my head. And I'm being actually of value to another human being, I like to think. I'm being of service. 
So, and it, there's a, there is a payoff from doing that where I do feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's a brain chemistry thing. I don't know. I don't care. I, I'll do it. Yeah. So, it, so you know, if we're going to talk about back to basics, let, let's define that. What is that? So you've got to examine your bottom line behaviors, okay? And know what they are. Be clear. Be clear when you're like, you know, if you're veering into fantasy, the three-second rule, you know, don't allow yourself to grind and to languish. I love that word. To languish in your fantasy. You cannot do that. You cannot linger there. And some people say, how do you do that? Because I think about this guy all day long or I think about this person all day long. I'm like, if you're sitting down, stand up. If you're in the car and there's no no radio, you can go like this. Radio. Just clap, clap. You know, stop it, knock it off. Right. The kitty likes that. Knock it off, kitty. <laughs> so yeah, you. But you've got to be able to move yourself off of it. And here's one more thing that I forgot to say. Like, if I'm going to stop myself from thinking that thought, I have to have something to put in there. Nature abhors a vacuum. If I'm like, just like, stop thinking about that. And then I go to chocolate ice cream, you know, or whatever, uh, any default. So you've got to be intentional. What are you going to put in there? It's like, you know, I love this analogy. If we go out into my front yard and dig a big hole and leave it there, it'll get filled eventually. Rain, wind, whatever. And weeds. It'll grow weeds or... You know, it'll fill up with trash, stuff will blow around, and it'll get filled up. But if we go out there and dig a hole and we plant a rose bush and then feed it and water it, it'll grow and it'll flourish. And that's what your mind is as well. Like, don't just remove that thought, like, take him away. Put something in there instead. Like, I want to feel... I want to feel really good. I want to feel safe. I want to feel secure. I want to focus on my job. I want to focus on... Right. Something... Yeah. Yeah. It could be a prayer. You know, for a while, mine was just, God, keep me clean and sober. I would take him out. God, keep me clean and sober. God, keep me clean and sober. Until it went away. I would say, God, please remove this thought from my mind. Please remove that thought from my mind. And then if I would... If I had a moment's reprise reprise or a moments uh like you know um relief yeah. relief from it and then my thought would go right back in it's like a tooth that has come out of your head you know your tongue goes to that spot in your mouth and it would be like again i would like stop it stop it stop it i've even had to stop on the side of the road and like get out of my car and like walk mm-hmm. like just walk back and forth just for a minute just say stop it stop it get out of your head what are you doing you know you can't think about this person it's too dangerous so i so let's get back to basics so for me it's like i call it good mental hygiene being very very clear and thoughtful about what i think another thing is that staying connected to my meetings and my program in terms of like meetings and fellowship right that's really important i sponsor people gotta sponsor people i pray when i can remember i'm being honest and and i have my top line behaviors there's self-care you know like i've got to do mine part of mine is my exercise i mentioned journaling every morning and having that meditation time alone setting my day up to succeed right eating right right so that we can, once again, I've said it before, be in a fit spiritual condition to go out in the world. 
Right. So that we can be a service to ourselves and to others. We are given a daily reprieve based upon a fit spiritual condition. Right. Well, awesome, well, Elizabeth. Thank you, MG. I appreciate it. Kitty cat. Yes, we little had visitor. A, yes, we've had a, a, a every day you come. Every time you come, there's, there's someone, someone new. Someone new. There's someone new. Right. So, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can send us an email to sober sisters talk at gmail If you forgot, if we forgot some, one of your favorite back to basics, please email us. Bye. You can also find us at www.sobersisterstalk. Dot com all of our you'll be directed to all of our podcasts and then you can also find us on Facebook we have a Facebook page I upload them as soon as we get them and you can like and share them that way you can send them as a message that way if you don't want to like and share it publicly but if you know some people in program you can send it as a message and we're also on iTunes so look for us on iTunes as well thank you so much thank you guys you.